In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, sponsored by Anderson Hauser, a global leader in process automation and measurement instrumentation. Anderson Hauser, the people for process automation. Hey, everybody, if, if you enjoy and benefit from this podcast, and we certainly do all we can to assure that you do, then be sure and thank our sponsor. And you can do this by going to the Anderson Hauser HSE link that is printed in the show notes. You can even do it right now as you listen. It's cx.endress.com forward slash HSE dash podcast. Go there and register for our monthly giveaway, which is a really nice lightweight jacket. In fact, I've been wearing it lately in this unusually cool weather we've been having here in the Houston, Texas area. Not only this, but it also tells Anderson Hauser you're listening, and it's a way to tell them thank you for sponsoring the show. I think we have another interesting show today as it relates to our industry in general, but particularly for those of you especially interested in oil and gas environmental issues. I have today as my guests the co-founders of the Energy Think Tank. I have Amanda and Amanda. Is this two guests or am I talking to two people in one? Two people in one. <laughs> no, this is two guests. Hi, my name is Amanda Scott and I am the co-founder of the Energy Think Tank. You know, it's been a longer journey to get to the think tank, but I do want Amanda to be able to introduce herself too, since there are both here for a second. And then we'll, you know, get into the whole how we met and what we're doing today versus then. But yeah, go ahead, Amanda. So I'm Amanda Labrie. We'll call, if you're listening to this, I will be referred to as Amanda number two. We met uh, about 2017, 2018. When we had a shared office space, I was with another company. We just became friends, hit it off, and we started working together last year prior to COVID. And now rolling into this year, we have started the energy think tank. And the difference that we provide is that we cover both renewables and non-renewables. So when we say solving problems, we mean it. Okay, well, let's let's go back to a couple of things here. Now, this podcast is listened to all over the world. A lot of times people find it interesting to, to talk about geography because, you know, we've interviewed people on this podcast in France, in England, and then I guess the most foreign country that we that we come across is a place called Texas. <laughs> so you guys, you guys are both from Texas and you're actually, you're in Texas right now. I think you're in Houston, Amanda, number one. Now, Amanda, number two, are you in Midland? No, sir. I am in Houston. I'll actually be flying to Midland later tonight. And, and wait, go ahead. Amanda, number one, what? <laughs> We're actually in the same house in different rooms. I'm in the office. <laughs> so yeah, we're in Houston together. We built an office out of one of the spare rooms and 
you know, been able to keep things going that way. But yeah, we're together all the time. So we basically read each other's minds. But, you know, it, it works for us to be able to be together while we're still growing this company because it is, you know, a fragile type of business to stay in the oil and gas business and industry and look at new technology. Sometimes even training is the first thing that gets cut. And anyways, rambling on, but yes, that is a foreign place. It's Texas. <laughs> well, well, for those, so the when we say Midland, we're talking the Midland Permian, what's called the Midland Permian Basin, which actually extends up into New Mexico, which borders Texas. But that's, you know, infamously what we call West Texas. It's the West Texas Basin, referred to by many as the largest, you know, basin in the world. Although OGGN, we did do a live event with API Houston talking about another basin that's been discovered over in, in Africa. And if folks miss that, you might want to go on to the OGGN website and, and see if you can find that particular webinar that we did with API Houston. It just gives me the opportunity to gratuitously advertise not only OGGN, but also API Houston chapter since I am the chairman. So... Let's get back to the energy think tank. First of all, Amanda, number one, mm -hmm. your resume says you're certified by Rice University through the university's leadership and decision making in the energy industry program with a focus on oil and gas, petrochemicals, renewable and electric energy. That was actually sponsored by Pink Petro. I became a member in 2000, I guess it was 16 or at some point around then. Tell me what it says on the certificate because it's been a quite a, a long I'm just reading your resume off your website. Yeah, that's right. It says you are the co-founder and president, business development strategist. I'm a little confused by reading this. So you guys, you said y'all came together in, in like 2017 I'm showing the energy think tank in 2013. What that is the backstory. So, is it an interesting one? Oh, uh, sure, I guess. I'll tell it anyways. That's to our audience. No, it is important. It's important because, as you just read off of my resume, that did lead us to where we are today, and I took it very serious. I'm finished it on time, but. <laughs> by like five minutes of the cutoff time. But anyways, it did spark my interest in renewables and how feedstocks and generations are very important to the energy industry and human survival in different, you know, countries, everything is built differently. And, you know, whether that's cultural, technology, things like that. So it did spark my interest in a lot of different ways, because like I said, Pink Petro sponsored it and then it developed into what I believe today. So in 2000, bring it back, Petroleum ETC is the parent company and the Energy Think Tank is like the brand. So my husband, well, he started a company whenever he worked at Texas A&M as a professor. And so these were extra credit, dual credit courses and electives. And then it turned into roundtables where Shell and Total and Chevron and all of the multi-phase pump manufacturers would pour in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to have a time and a space 
to talk about technology. So you provided the Energy Think Tank provides the forum for all this. Is that what we're talking about? Well, that's where I'm trying to get to is our educational courses and the conferences have been the, you know, meat and potatoes of what we've done for the last 20 years. And so, like I said, this was part of Texas A&M just as a student body put in a course together. So you mean on top of everything else, you're an Aggie? No, (laughs) no. I adopted this company in 2013, and that's where the 2013 comes in. And since we're working as the Energy Think Tank, I have kept the brand to the Energy Think Tank. That's what it, you know, refers to. Now, I worked my way up in the company. I started as a a frack school coordinator, which means I just ordered the food and picked a room for instructors and attendees to stay in. Then I started organizing the conferences and advisory boards within, you know, BP, Chevron, Shell, Total, you know, the super majors. And it was offshore technology. We would discuss and we would organize case histories. And, and for me, you know, my background is just practical, you know, and been in the business. So my family comes from oil and gas in West Virginia as well. So I'm familiar with it but still don't have the petroleum engineering degree. Okay. All right. That's what you don't see there. So I am, you know, a hundred percent just have a passion, you know, for learning and continuously growing, you know, what people can interact with and utilize to have efficiencies within the oil and gas industry. Now looking forward, you know, Amanda and I met in 2017 because Petroleum ETC started to have startups and we were incubating all these ideas and writing IP. We were part of the Shell Game Changer program, won $300,000 and we had a really good time, but creating startups, you know, it was a little challenging at the end, but it gave me the opportunity to be at Station Houston and get into the ecosystem, attend all the Rice University events where we get to you know, mingle with investors. So it become a new group that I was part of, the entrepreneur group and investors. So the multifaceted being in any kind of business, but especially, you know, the energy and the oil and gas business, it gives you a lateral, you know, way to have a career. And yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. I'm talking too much. Someone needs to jump in here. Well, we'll go back real quick. We'll go back to Amanda number two, and then we're going to get into the environmental issue that I really wanted to discuss with you guys. But now Amanda number two, you actually have a political science and business management degree from what? The University of Texas? Permian Basin. Permian Basin. Okay. So that's that's Midland. Wow. Wait a minute here. You are a scholarship athlete. Yes, sir. I sure am. Wow. Achieved, not only were you a scholarship athlete, but you had a, 11 All-American titles. Yes. Is that in swimming or tennis? I'm a little confused here from... That is in, in swimming. swimming. In is. swimming? Uh, wow. Well, I don't know, Amanda. Number one sounds like she might ought to be Amanda number one and not two. <laughs> no, oh, I know. We could both be number one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, your website says that you're a VP of business development and you're director of events. Not many events going on in this COVID environment, huh? Well, 
No, sir. But we are one of the only companies that had an in-person event in 2020. And I believe we spoke about it earlier. Of course, we had it in Midland, the safest spot in America. And we discussed flaring and how to reduce it. We, like Amanda said, we have a, well, it's a round table event. And that's okay. what we consider our think tank, bringing people together and really having some deep dive, intelligent, high level conversations based on the current technology and emerging technologies that are coming to fruition. Okay. So that was actually the event that I wanted to talk to you about. So that's interesting. So that's the only live event you had this year. It was. We, of course, had many planned, but we weren't able to execute all of them. But we did decide at the end of the year in November, we're going to go for it. We had a great crowd. Everyone enjoyed it, being out and about. And that's our that's our specialty is working with people in person. Okay. So let's talk about, again, as I said, this was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast. Let's talk about flaring. First of all, you know, for maybe the uninitiated, let's explain what is flaring. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead. <laughs> it's well, a bunch of fire in the desert. That's what well. it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. I guess there's multiple ways of producing flare. And the most common, I guess, words you would hear if you aren't in the oil and gas industry would be waste gas. And I think that really. So, what is waste gas? Waste gas would be what they're burning off the top of, you know, the oil when they're doing a flow back and you know, there's too much of abundance and they have to strip out different molecules, different types of minerals and chemicals that don't belong within creating, procuring the oil and gas. So it's lots of methane and methane, you know, is a property that we can utilize. However, you know, we're flaring it. So what we focus on is having engineers come together and talk about their case histories. If they have, you know, used cameras to detect what type of chemicals are being released. And that way we can make the changes that are needed. But our focus is the technology, solving the problems, you know, the engineers are there and we just need to connect the two together in a better, stronger format. And so that would be, you know, my conclusion of flaring, but there's many different, you know, ways flaring happens. So the reason flaring is such a problem is because it causes air pollution, right? Exactly. And so we're focused on the emissions part. Within our conference name, we, we're called the Flaring Emissions Reduction Roundtable. So we call it FEAR as an acronym. And we're looking at how much changes and challenges and you know solutions are out there and we bring all that together so that we can really bridge the gap and right now we're seeing different societies being created within Texas and even at the federal you know level and these groups are able to create havoc almost you want to call it and those are the people that, you know, 
we need to be talking to and we need to give them the understanding and security within, you know, with the changes that we are implementing and the understanding and data we have on emissions so that they can work with us and possibly even fund the changes in the technology that we're trying to develop. And those are some of the things, you know, that the think tank is, is working on. And as far as em- emissions, we know that there's going to be a lot of, you know, push. It's going to be a lot of pushback on, on natural gas. I don't foresee there being opportunity for the next four years to sell LNG. So what are we going to do with the gas? There's got to be, you know, real clear tactic or we need to really fight against this geopolitical issue and start taking more of our market back so that we can produce LNG. Now, how do we do that? Well, you have to have people who can convey the message clearly. And really what we're trying to do is, you know, be on a podcast, get to talk about these issues. Amanda, you know, she's always reaching out to people within our community at the city council and and really, you know, get our our face and our name in front of them so that they know where who they want for them to reach out to whenever they're looking at finding solutions. So yeah, I mean this has been a great podcast. When you talk about groups, so you're talking about regulatory agencies, whether they're on the federal level or the state level or even down to local communities, because that's becoming real critical. And your mission or your goal is to try to educate these people as much as possible about what we are doing to protect the environment, what we need to do, what what we can be doing more of. Is Am I, am I getting close here? Absolutely. Slightly, we're not a legislative group. We're not nonprofit. We are a company. And to educate people, this is as we call it, our think tank and bringing new ideas. And essentially what we're trying to do is as the market changes, it evolves. We want to keep up with the times. We want people in the oil and gas industry to start accepting renewables. And a lot of them actually can be applied to oil and gas. So it's a roundabout circle that we're trying to just Mm -hmm. take the industry through, not so much as a regulatory level for us, but we do have to pay attention to that. We do have to educate people on the new rules coming down that pipeline that this technology has must got to, you know, there is no, absolutely no reason why we can't bring this technology together push it in front of regulatory and say, hey, we are doing everything right. We're being more efficient cost-wise, environmental-wise, and you can't really complain. And also, we want to showcase these <laughs> Tell new- them why should hear it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, listen here. <laughs> you know, and, and these are technology advancements and innovations that operators use. Very much so. They're, they're really in... I have an example. I actually have a case history on this. Within the last 10 years, Shell had a technology project, millions of dollars poured into it, probably 10 million. And what it was doing was learning how to pump molten salt into the reservoir so that they can 
you know, repressurize, but also extract more oil. And we just had a conversation with a molten salt company and they're looking at injecting for storage. So energy storage catalyst, you would say, but it's a natural resource that pulls the heat and it can be used across any process and system. And so, yeah, I mean, these are the the things that people don't even know. There's already been a whole case history on why it's more efficient to use molten salt. And that that's, you know, the full circle that a lot of people don't even understand or, or know. I know there's not a common, say your neighbor who is a school teacher, she really doesn't understand oil and gas and it's going to impact the way she thinks and, you know, processes, even the way she votes, you know, viewpoints. And so we're, you know, we're working on all of those, trying to get those messages out however we can at this point, because we're a company that's trying to grow as well. (laughs) The think tank is on a mission to do a better job of communicating how the oil and gas industry, first of all, the importance of the oil and gas industry and how we are being responsible to the environment focusing on, for example, issues like flaring. I suppose if, if folks are want more information about some of these new technologies and some of the things you guys do, I guess they can go to your website. Is that right? Yes. yes. And they can call us directly. <laughs> okay. What we'll do is we'll put your website on here and we'll put your, uh, I guess you both are on LinkedIn, correct? Yes, yes we are. Okay. And we'll put we have your a LinkedIn. Jingle. Some Amanda, can you come up with a jingle where it's the two Amandas? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. oh, and I was going to say what really makes us unique. One, as she was speaking about these new technologies, they have been applied in other countries such as Omen and China because they don't have the regulatory issues that America does. So a lot of these pilots and case studies have already been proven. We just have to get them into the U.S. And with that, we're really good at networking and connecting. So we're working mm-hmm. with Honeywell, for example, and they want us to introduce them to C-suite executives that have the decision-making skills to go ahead and purchase their product. And we pride ourselves on that. So you guys can help facilitate that. Now, Now you lost me a minute ago. What's this jingle? Oh, <laughs> oh I, right. We need to come up with a jingle. No, yeah, I was going to introduce the website, our energy think tank, you know, how we're solving energy challenges. See, we're still working on it. Like I said, we're starting no. We're a growing company. But make sure you go to our website. And it is a long, you know, domain name. <laughs> it's www.theenergythinktank.com. I will not spell that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know those words, you don't know how to think. Well, okay. All right. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put your LinkedIn URLs on there. And we're also the only woman-owned and operated energy think tank in America. So with that, we have a lot of following just because we are setting a precedence to show not so much as, oh, women in power, but especially in West Mm -hmm. Texas where we don't have, and I've been 
in Midland since 2004. I think you saw that on my college information. We don't have those high level women out there. And one of our goals is to bring these women out to places in a very male dominated area, just so we can show these girls, these engineers, these geologists, that they can really work up the chain and become, you know, the CEO of Oxy. Yeah, there you go. Not right now, but in the past. So we've, you know, we do get a lot of coverage for that. And I think that's why people gravitate towards us is they know mm-hmm. as women, we talk a lot and we will find somebody for you to talk to. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> I'm glad that the OGGN HSE podcast had the opportunity to introduce the only woman-owned and operated energy think tank. And I want to thank you ladies for coming on the show and, and giving us the opportunity to do that. As always, I want to thank everyone for listening and please tune in again next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil and Gas HSE podcast a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Anderson Hauser is your reliable partner for measurement instrumentation services and solutions. We are your people for process automation. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, discover more about Anderson Hauser at cx.indrus.com forward slash HSE podcast and register for our monthly podcast giveaway. You can follow us on LinkedIn at Anderson Hauser Group and on Twitter at Indrus underscore U.S., As always, you don't have to remember all that. You can simply find it in the show notes. You can find it in the show notes how to get a hold of Amanda number one and Amanda number two. Please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. See you next time. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for December 2020. This month, we only have three events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events that I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our two OGGN live streams, and on the third, we have Moving Up in a Downturn, and on the eighth, we have Quality Management in a Down Economy. The only in-person event we have this month is the API and SPE Houston Chapter Luncheon about the rebuilding of the American oil field, which will be at the Petroleum Club on the 8th. Other than these events, OGGN may be hosting some more live streams this month, so make sure to check out our Facebook, LinkedIn, or our website for more information about any of the live streams we have coming up. If you have any questions about the events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for December, and I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.